Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Comcast. You guys know me, it's Karis, but you don't know our guest. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Hello, my name's Lee Pace. Uh, my, pr- my pronouns are he, they, and originally I'm from New Orleans, but now I live in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Yeah, we were sort of off mic you know, sort of just talking about the different areas that we live in and, and how that all can change. And one thing that I really noticed uh, was kind of, I guess I could say shocking was that this organization, such a great organization, good work that you guys do is in Mississippi, um, which I would suspect is a place where it is more needed than other places because it's just not that high a volume, but I don't want to make any assumptions. So you, could you tell me why you started this organization? Oh, goodness. Um, I guess the easy way for me is just like kind of I was saying before I tell stories. So my name's Lee, my wife, Stacy, we're nurse practitioners and we have a spectrum, the other clinic, which is a hormone therapy replacement clinic. And we decided, we saw most of our patients are below the poverty line. So some needed, we started initially say, Hey, we'll try to raise money to help with hormone therapy. And they're like, yeah, that's nice and everything, but you know what we need? We need binders. We need education. We need support in the school system. We need this. And and so many things came up. It's like, well, I guess this is a whole nother organization and what we're going to have. And with some help for some other places like, uh, oh my goodness, I'm blanking. Queer mobilization. Oh my goodness. I wouldn't even be here without them. They really gave me some technical advice of how to do things. And so basically, we just kind of want to go out and say that we're here for transgender people. Uh, Our focus is Mississippi, uh, both adult and youth, to let them know that there's someone here trying to meet the needs of the population. For sure. And that's a huge thing that a lot of people just need to know. Like, even if someone's in California and they're like, oh, well, they're you know, they serve Mississippi, it's still good to know that out there, there are people and maybe especially maybe they'll make their way over to me, or there are people who care. And that's one of the most important things, especially that we try and get across in in this podcast and the blog that I write and at Humanity Rising in general, Um, just building, you know, that, that compassion and spreading it and letting people know that, you know, they're out there and that they care. And every time I think about compassion and, and those kinds of things, There's a lot of different themes that come to mind and the one that's stuck in my head right now, probably because of the name of the organization is Marsha P. Johnson. So I I would assume she had a lot of inspiration with the name. Yes. um, It was really between Marsha and Sylvia. Mm -hmm. I love how Sylvia would stand up and say, now listen, you rotten, no good so-and-sos. We helped you. You should help us. And that's very encouraging and motivating. But Marsha really struck home with me. Um, the, the interviews that I watched, um, the, the books that I read, she was more of a, hey, let's just kind of calm down, talk this out, you know, until Stonewall, which she threw a glass and kind of got everything started. So that's what I like. I like that mix of trying to be professional and trying to be nice and, and reach out but also when you have to, you have to stand up and, and say something. 
That is, that's a, that's a great quote. And I'm probably going to pull that because that, <laughs> that is so, I mean, it's so true. There's a time for, how should I, how should I put this? There's a time for sitting down and having civil discussion. And then there's a time to go, okay, enough is enough. And you know, if you're not going to something that one of my older, uh, podcast guest had said is if you're not going to give us a seat at the table, we're going to make our own table. And I thought that was just such a, I was like, yeah, I'm going to make my own table. <laughs> so that's something that I completely agree with. And, you know, in a way organizations that today that stand up for the transgender community and just the LGBTQ community in general, maybe not to the scale of what Stonewall was in the sixties, but still, you know, making a significant impact. How would you say, your organization has maybe impacted your community in the biggest way? The, the things that touch me are um, people would say, oh, I had a, a youth patient that, uh, well, with the hormone therapy clinic, I had a youth patient. I need, God, this is, here I go. I'm going to tell a story. So we're here youth, for the stories. <laughs> a youth patient. It's not like you could just wake up one day and get on hormone therapy. You know, it take it's a process, and not and and I need the mother and the father, birth or whoever has um, um, legal um, control that I need them to agree with it. And I can't tell you how many times somebody will say, "Well, I was going to kill myself if I can't do something about this." And so sometimes it could be because people are emotional, and then other times I found out they were just out of a mental health care facility. And maybe we did make that difference, you know, cause they were in that spot and that, and it's, and actually I worked in an ER where I would send people to that. So I'm kind of in that loop. So it's kind of strange being on this side, helping people not to go there rather than putting people in, in, in a, in a facility. So the individual stories that we've we've come across is it is it's heartwarming. It, it just it's just heartwarming. For sure. And especially what you said about the, I mean, the system itself, it almost seems a lot of times you get to run around, you're sent to this facility, to that facility um, until you finally get, you know, whatever organization, whatever facility is actually equipped to help you. And a lot of the times people run out of insurance. I know that when I was a uh, my, my, my turn for story time. When I was in the eighth grade, I was put in a residential facility for an eating disorder, um, anorexia nervosa. And that lasted like three months. I was there for three months and I, th I can't remember which week it was, but it was somewhere in the first couple of weeks. My insurance was like, okay, you're fine now. And all the doctors were like, mm -mm, <laughs> she leaves. Yes. She ain't going to be that good. So they, luckily they were able to keep me there on scholarship thanks to the donors and everything else that supported that facility. But so many people don't have that luxury and they're just sent somewhere else. So I think it's important, especially, you know, we talk so much about being in the system and going through the system and being in a facility, but a lot of people can't stay in them and a lot of people can't afford them. So having organizations like yours who are there sort of on the outside of that, you know, you're not inpatient. It's not even really intensive outpatient or IOP in a way. You just go there and they're like, we have these services for you that can actually prevent you from ending up back in those places. Um, so right. you don't need to worry about that anymore. And especially what you said about, you know, like thinking that someone was, you know, going to try and harm themselves or in their life. It's especially important for the LGBTQ community 
just because I'm, especially with LGBTQ youth, the suicide rate of LGBTQ youth is three times higher than any other youth demographic in the nation. So it's a great thing that you're able to provide those services because not many places really do. Um, I would imagine, especially not where you are. It's far and few between. Ooh, I don't even know what, you may have to edit this because I don't know if I'm supposed to say it. Mm. The University of Mississippi Medical Center is now turning away youth um, because they have felt pressure with insurance companies and the, the powers to be. And so we now talk to people from there. Um, with Marsha's, a lot of people just can't believe that we exist. Um, so my my wife just put a video on Instagram and basically it's like, this is a real place. It's a real organization. You could look at our websites, you know, Spectrum the Other Clinic and Marsha's Tea Room. Marsha's really does exist. It's sometimes the stuff that we can provide is like, what are pronouns, you know, and, and give a handout to somebody because, and you know what, I have some parents that were like, they were appreciative and they're like, what if, what happens if I make a mistake? You just say, sorry, and keep going. And that's most people are okay with that. And just something small like that has kind of made a difference. And a lot of times it's, we're not counseling counselors or anything like that. But sometimes people just come in and they just want to talk. They just want to know that there are options there. They want to know something. Well, what is sex? And I'm like, well, I'm not a counselor. I can't really get into that a whole lot. But it's different. Gender is one thing. Sex is another thing. And it's just so basic needs. It's like, you know, where do I put the food, the cereal? You know, you put it in your mouth. (laughs) And sometimes it's just the basic stuff with this that people just don't know or they have that internal wall and they're like, can I really ask this? You know, is it something that we could do? And that's what we're here for is saying that it's kind of, it is not kind of, it is okay. What you're feeling. And sometimes you just have to talk it out. Absolutely. And having those conversations is really the, uh, my opinion, it's the pinnacle of change because a lot of the biggest problem isn't, you know, hate or bigotry. It's, uh, misinformation, a lack of education, the majority of the time, Mm -hmm. if you just sit down and like explain someone, like you said, the basic things, how to put cereal in your mouth, people are like, oh, okay, I get it. It's not as like complicated or scary to, to approach. And it's like, no, it's really not. If we just make these conversations casual and we're open about them, you know, there's no need for it to be gatekeeped or, or this Mm -hmm. sort of topic. That's like, why are you talking about that? It's like, it's a normal part of who we are. And it's like, not a, not a big deal to have a conversation about it. But then a lot of people, you know, go, okay, what, where do I go to have those conversations, even if I wanted to? So Mm. especially when you talk about like advertising, like we are a real place. It's like, I feel like that gives people a little bit of a, okay, so I think I can go there and I can, (laughs) you know, especially when you work with any sort of minority population or any at-risk population, making sure that you assure them, like, if you come here, you will be validated and welcomed and we're not going to judge you because that's always the scariest part of, of stepping into a new territory. Definitely. So, I mean, that's why when I interview youth, especially, or when I, you know, talk to people in person, I used to be a youth mentor actually doing, uh, teaching social emotional learning 
to youth and juvenile detention centers, um, women in safe houses that were survivors of sex trafficking. So there's always that, even as you present yourself to other people, if you're not even just presenting an organization, it's presenting yourself, being casual, Mm -hmm. being relaxed and being like, I'm just here basically as a sounding board. And I'm probably going to try and teach you a few things about breathing exercises and then we'll call it a day. And it's just so simple. Um, so yeah, I would have, I would imagine that you had to sort of, I don't know, I feel like everyone navigates that journey by themselves. So how did you sort of figure out your groove and in this, in this kind of work? A lot of it had to do with, uh, personal acceptance. Um, the, the easiest way for me to say it is growing up in the sixties, there was no such thing as transgender. So I was feminine. And then my dad was like, Oh my God, my son's gay. I'm like, I don't even know what that is. And so I thought people below the belt had the same stuff. So I didn't know what gay meant. And I was just trying to express myself of how I felt about some things. My name is Lee, but my alter ego is Reuben. Reuben's the manly man, and Lee is the kind of nice feminine guy, you know? And and I could never explain it in any way except for that. And it wasn't until I was older that I kind of started figuring stuff out that I was like, you know what? God, if I could just have somebody... Or if I could be somebody that I wish I had back then and saying, this has nothing to do with sex. This is gender. And sometimes it takes time to figure stuff out. I would just, oh my God, I just, I can't imagine what my life would have been, how it would have turned out. If I would have known I wasn't just some weird freak for no reason at all. And it takes 30 years to figure out what, what went on. And so there's so much there, so much emotion, so much hatred and guilt and anger. And I don't, I think about what I'm saying all the time because it's not really what to say for me. It's just like what you're saying. It's a process. If I just shut up, don't talk too much and allow the other person to talk, I seem to reach people. And so I could just say, Hey, my name's Lee. If I'm an idiot, I'm sorry. Um, if I say something, just let me know. I'm weird. Everybody's kind of weird. Let's just sit and talk and discuss stuff. And then, and then that's good. If, and then if I want to tell people what to do, that's bad because that never works. So I just try to listen. I may tell my story and just kind of be there. Absolutely. And listening is, I mean, there's obviously a difference, you know, between, oh, I'm hearing you and I'm listening to you. And it's like, the sounds are going through my ears, but it's like, you have to, and and part of that conversation is the other person being actively willing to listen. I've had conversations with people, um, just trying to get them to understand me. And, uh, you know, especially when I first came out, um, I mean, I was, I don't want to say lucky, but I relatively lucky with my coming out. Um, I'm not the only LGBTQ person in my family. Um, so it was sort of easier knowing that there were other people. Somehow I ended up gravitating towards a friend group of people who all by now 
have come out as being, being LGBTQ. And we didn't even, we've been friends since we were in like preschool or kindergarten and we didn't know then. So it all, that that's just kind of funny, but I've had conversations with people trying to explain it. And sometimes you hit a wall. Like they're, they're like, I'll sit here and I'll give you the basic respect of sitting here while you're speaking and making eye contact, but I'm not going to listen and I'm not going to change my mind. And I'm just like, okay, well I tried, (laughs) like, I don't know, but a lot of it too, is you're going to have those, those interactions that aren't positive. You're going to have interactions that are very positive and a learning experience for both sides. But the biggest thing for me has been knowing, okay, whatever I try and make people understand I understand who I am. I know my place. I know who I am and my perspective. And that that's enough for for me. I want to understand other people. I hope other people want to understand me. But at the end of the day, if you know yourself, you respect yourself and you love yourself, those are like my top three things. Like that's what matters most. So as we sort of just come to the end, I always ask something of my guest, because like I said, there's this podcast gets sent out to thousands of students across the nation. Um, and some of them are LGBTQ, some of them aren't. So if you just had to say something to those youth that were in, in need of some kind of encouragement or maybe just something to brighten their day, what would you say to them? Oh my goodness. Um, I guess what I would say is like right now, I kind of, I have to, I'm filtering myself, um, trying not to curse and, and stuff like that. I, I would say, Life is about figuring out who you are. You may not hit it on exactly right away, but don't sell yourself short. Don't listen to other people tell you who you are. Figure it out for yourself. You're human and it's okay. As for me, I'm just, you know, stay real, you know, stay confident in who you are. Don't let anyone else tell you what you have to be or what you should be, be yourself. That's all that matters. And people will stick with you and people will not stick with you, but the best ones are going to be that, that latter one that are sticking with you. It's going to be good. So as always, this will be posted actually in, in January. So I hope you all have a good new year as well. And don't forget by listening to this podcast, you can get service learning hours that can be put towards scholarships or humanity rising that can advance your education. So it's always a good thing to keep in mind and to always take advantage of. And if you want to plug anything, if you have any social media you, you want to plug, you can do it now. If not, we can just go ahead and move on. Okay. Um, our business is Spectrum the Other Clinic, hormone therapy replacement. Uh, I, we, I'm a director of uh, Marsha's Tea Room. If you ever, well, this is for people in Mississippi. If you ever need a binder, just check out the website. GC2B is awesome. Uh, Southern Vision Alliance, Southern Equality have all supported us and helped us. Uh, thank you so much. If I didn't mention you, I'm sorry. I'm nervous and I can't remember everything. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll put those links in the description below for everyone. If you guys want to go check that out as well. Another thing that will be in the description below is the website that you guys can read all of our blogs on and get over 50 resources. Now I think are on there that are all LGBTQ affirming and can support your mental health can provide you with some connection or even financial support. If you don't have insurance, like we discussed earlier in this episode, and you can get to that website at www.thecomblog.com. And with that, that's all we have. And I hope Hope you guys have a wonderful day. Bye, everyone.